Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about why you might want to change out of your pajamas while you're working from home, why local honey doesn't stop allergies, and how a surprisingly simple Japanese ritual keeps train passengers safe. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Lots of us have been working from home during the pandemic. And all too often, working from home can mean working in pajamas. If that's you, first, I'm not judging. But second, you may want to think about changing your style. Scientists have found that working from home in your pajamas is linked to poorer mental health. And while they can't say that one causes the other, there's plenty of research to suggest that what you wear really does affect how you feel. This study comes from a group of researchers in Australia who wanted to find out how work-from-home setups affected productivity and mental health. So they studied 169 staff members and students of Australian medical research institutes during the pandemic. And despite our newfound love of working from the bedroom, they uncovered some unfortunate news. More than a third of the study's participants said their mental health had gotten worse since starting to work from home. And what the participants wore mattered. About 60% of the people who wore pajamas while working said their mental health got worse at least once a week. On the other hand, those who changed out of their pajamas, about a quarter of the participants, didn't experience a dip in their mental health. The good news is that pajamas had no effect on productivity. So if your main concern is staying productive and your mental health is A-OK, it might be fine to stay cozy during the day. Again, this study cannot conclusively say whether wearing pajamas causes mental health to decline or whether poor mental health leads people to wear pajamas all day or none of the above. But previous research has suggested that what we wear has an impact on how we feel. For example, researchers have seen differences in hospital patients who wear hospital gowns and patients who get to wear their own comfortable clothes while recovering. When patients get to wear normal day clothes, it can make their depression less severe. This study obviously does have some limitations. Participants self-reported their feelings of productivity and mental health, and it's possible that their perceptions could be off. But for now, this study offers one bit of advice. If you're in the habit of wearing cozy pajamas during the workday and you start to feel your mental health slipping, you could try a change of wardrobe. Changing your clothes before starting the day could help protect against the pandemic's impact on mental health. Seasonal allergies are on the way, and along with them, myths. Myths about honey. We remastered this story from 2018 that I'm sure you'll hear someone spreading soon. On toast. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Cody, do you ever get seasonal allergies? Yes. I don't actually. Really? No, I, I'm I'm just immune to them. I don't know. You're lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Usually I get them and then I drink massive amounts of tea with local honey. To, really? To cure it. Yeah. Well, honey's delicious. Local honey is super delicious, but there's no science to the fact that local honey could cure your seasonal allergies. This is bad news. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Okay. So here's how the myth goes. Seasonal allergies are caused by pollen, right? Bees use pollen to make honey. Makes sense so far. So if you eat honey made by local bees, then you're eating a little bit of the thing you're allergic to. And that should help you develop a tolerance, right? Like a vaccine, sort of. Well, there's a problem there. The problem is that the vast majority of seasonal allergies are caused by pollen from trees and grasses in the summer 
and from ragweed in the fall. And the reason you're plagued by pollen during these seasons is that these trees and grasses are wind pollinators. They release their pollen into the air. Bees usually pollinate plants that don't have the right equipment to let the wind do the work. So the pollen that you might get in your honey isn't even the pollen that's giving you those allergies. Okay, but I know you're thinking, what if you're different and you're actually allergic to flower pollen? Even in that case, honey won't help. That's because bees don't make honey from pollen. They make it from nectar, right? When I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, of course. (laughs) I didn't realize that. Oh, man. (laughs) Any pollen that gets into the honey probably got there by accident. According to the National Honey Board, quote, the amount of pollen in honey is minuscule and not enough to impact the nutrient value of honey, unquote. So basically, we're allergic to pollen that's getting flown around because of the trees. And the entire purpose of bees is to move pollen that's not moving on its own. Exactly. So you're you're eating maybe trace amounts of an inert pollen that has probably nothing to do with your allergies. That's exactly it. All right. That's terrible news. Hey, but honey's still delicious and you should still frequent your local farmers because local honey's delicious. Absolutely. If you've ever ridden the train in Tokyo... You might have noticed railway workers performing a sort of choreographed pointing routine. That routine is called Shisa Kanko. And while it might look odd to outsiders, it's really effective at keeping train passengers safe. Now, I know there aren't as many travelers jet-setting around the world these days, but it's still fun to talk about the different ways people do things. So let's get into it. As anyone who's ever had highway hypnosis on the way home from work knows... Performing repetitive tasks can be mind-numbing. To keep railway workers alert and aware, Shisa Kanko adds extra reinforcement to each task. So, instead of glancing at a display to check the speed, workers will physically point at the speedometer and announce the speed out loud. To make sure the platform is free of debris or fallen passengers, the staff will point down the track and sweep their arm along the length of the platform, with their eyes following their hand. Only then will they declare that the platform is clear. Okay, so Shisakanko is basically employees in white gloves pointing at things. That sounds pretty basic, right? Well, get this. Studies over the decades have suggested that Shisakanko reduces workplace errors by almost 85%. That is no small feat, especially when you realize that Japan's rail system moves more than 7 billion passengers a year. So how'd they come up with this? Well, the exact origins of Shisakanko are murky, but it's generally believed to have popped up around 1900 with steam train engineers. A 1913 railway manual contained an earlier form known as Kanko Oto, or Call and Response. And that's where one worker calls their actions out to another, who then calls it back. The pointing wasn't added until sometime around 1925. Now, despite its age and effectiveness, the tradition has stayed exclusive to Japan, with one exception. In 1996, New York City's MTA began requiring train conductors to point to the zebra boards that confirm the train is stopped at the right place. Otherwise, some unlucky passengers in the rear car might step out into the tunnel. Ride the MTA today and you'll notice it. And as for why this works, well, a 2013 study found that when people had to keep different sets of rules straight for different tasks, pointing and calling boosted their reaction time without making their brains work any harder on concentrating. 
That means fewer errors. And when it comes to train systems, safer commutes for everyone. Definitely a tip worth considering if other advice hasn't really worked for you. Stuff like taking breaks or changing the order of actions when you're performing repetitive tasks. Maybe just point to each email you read and shout, delete, 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 as you work through your inbox. That's really why people turn to Curiosity Daily for good advice like that. <laughs> yes, we fix what is broken. All right, well, to wrap up, let's recap what we learned today. Well, a new study found a link between working from home in your pajamas and poorer mental health. And we don't definitively know which causes which. Correlation is not causation. But you might want to try getting dressed before you log into work in the morning if you've been finding yourself a little bit down lately. Who knows? Maybe it'll help. I'm actually dressed right now. Good for you. I've never recorded an episode of Curiosity Daily in my pajamas. Have I ever done that? Have you ever done that? No. I have been in leggings 100% of the time, though. Like... <laughs> That's that's all I live in now is leggings. Yeah, that's fine. I have an entire section of my closet that's colored shirts that definitely have a layer of dust on them by now. Oh, yeah. Well, someday. We also learned that local honey does not help increase your tolerance to seasonal allergies. That's because seasonal allergies are caused by pollen carried around by the wind. Bees usually pollinate plants that aren't pollinated by the wind. So it's not even the same pollen. And even more than that, Bees don't make honey from pollen. They make it from nectar. Honey has negligible amounts of pollen. Now, that said, honey's still tasty. Local honey's still tasty. My favorite thing, my go-to when I get sick, is the medicine ball at Starbucks. Have you ever had it? No. It used to be on their secret menu. It's a combination of their tea and a little bit of steamed lemonade and a hint of honey. Oh, that sounds amazing. It does the trick every time. It, like if I have a really bad sore throat, I walk into Starbucks and I'm like, give me a medicine ball. And according to an article on Better Homes and Gardens from earlier this year, it may be on their actual menu now or it, like it's listed maybe as a customization with the honey citrus mint tea. So I can confirm that there's probably regional differences. But if you're curious, ask for a medicine ball, see what happens. It's always been the thing for me. And I should also mention the medicine ball is also referred to as the cold buster, but I've always called it the medicine ball. So I like it. And we also learned that in Japan, railway workers physically point at things while issuing commands in a ritual known as Shisa Kanko. It might sound unnecessary, but it has actually really reduced workplace errors by about 85%. Not bad. So this is exactly what my fiance does. And it's been sort of life-changing. This is something that everybody can adopt. Every time we do something that can easily be forgotten, like if he drives my car and then he gives my keys back to me, so that later on we're not like, oh, wait, do you still have the keys? Do I have the keys? He goes, relinquishing keys. And then I go, keys relinquished. And the exchange is not done until both of us have said that. And so then there's kind of this moment in time and you can remember, oh, we did the relinquishing keys thing. So I have the keys. Same thing with turning off the oven. Every time after I'm finished like making dinner, I'm really bad about remembering to turn the oven off. So now we have this thing where I turn the oven off and then I go, oven's off. And then from wherever he is in the apartment, he goes, oven's off. And then we know that the oven's off. It's really useful. If you just make a little ritual of the things that you usually forget, it's a lot easier to remember. 
That's amazing. Right? He's a smart guy. He's a very smart guy. So you're a smart guy too, Ashley. Aw, <laughs> oh, thanks. In a manner of speaking. This this reminded me of the story we did about the research that you remember things better if you read them out loud. Totally. Yeah, it's the same thing. So if you don't live with somebody, just add that verbal component, do stuff out loud. That's right. Okay. Done with ad lib section, Ashley. Done with ad lib. Next section. Moving on to credits. Today's stories were written by Kelsey Donk and Ashley Hamer and edited by Ashley Hamer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Script writing was by Cody Goff and Sonia Hodgen. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Join us again tomorrow, whether you're still in your pajamas or not, to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Ending episode. Beep, beep, beep. (laughs) Ending episode.